0: Hello everyone, welcome to Thoughts on Being Human. I'm Haley, and this is episode two. I'm really excited to dive in, so let's get started. On today's episode, I want to dive into the topic of emotions. And before we start, I just want to be clear that deeply feeling our emotions is not a bad thing. Feeling sad, mad, disappointed, or afraid is totally normal and not something you should try to avoid. It's healthy for our body to feel a wide array of negative and positive emotions. But where things start to have an impact on our health is how we process and release these emotions. Feeling really angry is okay, but if we do not release the anger, it will build up inside and start to affect our health. So when I say emotions can have a detrimental impact on our organ systems, I'm referring to emotions we've suppressed and not released from the body. One of the questions I ask in the treatment room is what emotion tends to come up for you the most? Is there one particular emotion you've been feeling a lot more lately? Or if you are to feel emotionally charged or overly sensitive, what's the main emotion you feel? The answers to these questions help guide me toward organ systems that may need a little bit more support or are under functioning. Now you may be thinking, how do these things connect? In Chinese medicine, there's a direct connection between the emotions we feel and especially suppress and the health of our internal organ systems. I was first introduced to this concept when I was nine years old. My grandma gave me a journal um, that I actually have right here and on the inside of the cover she wrote, notes to myself, how do I feel about myself today? Love yourself always as grandma loves you. She encouraged me through writing to express my internal emotions, particularly those that I felt towards myself. A year later, while battling with ovarian cancer, I remember so clearly she sat me down and told me that she believed repressed emotion was the cause of her cancer. She told me her whole life that when she felt angry or frustrated or disappointed, she would not express it. Over time, it bottled up inside of her and became a deep well of resentment. This toxic emotion found its way to her ovaries, and she believed without a doubt it played a huge part in her sickness. I didn't fully understand this in my young age at the time, but in the years after she passed, the pieces began to fit together. Especially after studying Chinese medicine, I could clearly see and understand how the things we feel impact our body systems at a physiological level. Slowly but surely, Western medicine professionals uh, like Gabor Maté are recognizing and bringing to light this link between emotion and disease. In his book, When the Body Says No, he dives more deeply into this mind-body link and how our emotional tendencies affect all of our body processes, from the immune response to hormones and the nervous system. He shows that psychological stress and emotional repression play a powerful role in the onset of chronic illnesses like MS, heart disease, arthritis, cancer, and IBS. If you haven't read the book, you definitely should. I highly recommend it. So what I thought might be helpful is to go through the five main emotions identified in Chinese medicine and how they impact the body. We can also go through how you recognize them, feel them, and ultimately, in a healthy way, release them. Alright let's start with the one that I tend to experience the most, worry and overthink. I definitely have a tendency towards anxiety and my worrying and overthinking absolutely contributes to this. In Chinese medicine these two emotions have a direct connection to the health of our digestive system and it works in both ways. When we have a tendency to overthink and worry over time it will create an imbalance In the organ systems of our digestive tract. Or if we were born with a weaker digestive system or we damage it with our lifestyle choices, over time we will notice that we start to worry and overthink more. We may begin to feel our thoughts are stagnant or are difficult to move on from. They may seem to appear whenever they please and stay as long as they want. Our overthinking may lead us to worst-case scenarios, which create worry and fear. If we continue to damage our digestive system, these thoughts can become heavy and oppressive. We'll start to feel sluggish, lethargic, and unmotivated. So check in with yourself the next time you catch your mind worrying or overthinking. I always notice this happen before bedtime. I'll lie in bed and my mind is analyzing, imagining horrible things happening to those I love or going over things I did in the day and all the things I'm going to do tomorrow. It's exhausting. And when it's really bad, I do notice that it directly affects my digestion. I start to get bloated from foods I usually eat with no issues. My bowel movements shift or I'll feel discomfort and build up in certain areas along my intestines. So what can we do to help release these emotions? Well, the first step is recognizing when they're rampant. For some of you, this may be all the time, so you may not even realize this is your emotional tendency. Uh, You may need to check in with yourself. I mentioned this in my last episode. Simply lie on your back, place one hand on your heart and the other on your belly, close your eyes and breathe deeply. Once you've identified the worry or overthink, get curious and try to feel where it is in your body. Is it in your jaw, your head, your gut, or your chest? Find the area where you feel it and breathe into it. Imagine a softening. Breathe in that softness and breathe out the worry. Breathe in compassion and breathe out all the overthinking. After you've done this, it may be a good idea to move your body, whether that's going for a walk, doing some yoga, or maybe even some cardio that gets you sweating. Movement is a great way to release these two emotions in a healthy way. Maybe you need to express your thoughts with a close friend or your partner. Perhaps a break from your phone or computer will help bring your mind to a more calm place. Experiment for yourself with things that help you release the worry and overthinking. You'll know when you've released it because your mind will feel more clear. You'll be able to make decisions more easily and your mind will feel more settled and less buzzy. Another great way to help reduce the severity of these emotions is to support the digestive system by eating warm cooked foods. This will reduce the strain on all your digestive organs Soup is the ultimate meal for you if you notice your mind has been overactive or filled with worry. On to the second emotion, anger and frustration. These two emotions are coming up more and more as we deal with the ongoing pandemic, and I get it. It's a totally normal reaction and feeling, but left unexpressed, these two emotions can fester in our bodies and even lead to huge outbursts towards those we love. In Chinese medicine, repressed anger impacts the function of one of our most important organ systems, the liver. When we do not express our anger in a healthy way, we may start to feel constant irritability, headaches, high blood pressure, menstrual pain, dry red eyes, or tendonitis. Another big sign that you may have some repressed anger is sudden angry outbursts, especially when drinking alcohol. It may feel like a release, Or you may even feel a sense of relief, but only releasing your emotions while under the influence of drugs or alcohol is a temporary solution and will most likely lead to your body feeling dependent on these substances to get brief release. If we push our anger aside because we don't want to deal with it, it will only pile up and lead to us being short-tempered. So what can we do the next time we feel super frustrated or irritable or just straight up angry? First thing I'd recommend is if you're not alone, to take a time out and remove yourself from the situation so that you don't lash out at someone or say something that you'll regret. Remove yourself and go for a walk or sit in another room and take some deep breaths. In through your nose and out loudly through your mouth. If you need to scream into a pillow or somewhere outside, go for it. Let it out. You can also do a visualization exercise that transports you to a place where you feel peaceful, happy and safe. Imagine yourself in that place. How does it smell? What do you hear? For me this would be somewhere in nature, either a beach or a mountaintop lake. If you need to vent after you've taken a time out, go for it. Either in writing or talking to someone you trust. Only once the initial intense wave of angry emotion has passed do I recommend doing this. If you can't seem to shake the anger and it keeps coming up for you, don't hesitate to seek professional help. If your anger is impacting your well-being and your relationships, a qualified therapist can help you unpack its origins and triggers in a healthy, safe setting so that you can develop some coping tools. Being angry is exhausting, and we may even grow to fear our anger. We may have grown up in a household where it wasn't expressed, but instead swept under the rug. Once we start to allow ourselves to feel angry, and actually listen to our angry thoughts, we'll start to see that there's a lot of pain and sadness underneath it. Oftentimes, we get angry to hide how much we're hurt. In recognizing that we're hurting, we can release our anger and frustration and ultimately feel unburdened by its explosive and bitter nature. The third main emotion that I want to talk about is sadness and grief. Now, at some point in our life, all of us experience a loss, whether it's the loss of a loved one, a job, a move, or a breakup. This loss causes sadness and grief, but we can also experience these emotions in the hardships of everyday life. It's the realization that one part of our life has changed and will never be the same. We're collectively experiencing this on a global scale as we grieve the loss of how our life was and how we thought it was going to be because COVID changed so many aspects of our lives. It may come as a surprise, but grief is one of the most difficult emotions to process. When we suppress our sadness or are afraid to face our grief, the organ system directly affected is the lungs. When we don't express the emotions, the main function of the lungs becomes compromised and we can experience issues with breathing, whether it's having a hard time taking a full breath or being unable to completely exhale. Some people literally feel a heavy object sitting on their chest. Others have flare-ups in asthma and allergies. Over time, you can also become more susceptible to catching a cold, as the lungs play a crucial role in our immune response. If you sense the emotions of sadness and grief are present in your body, the best thing to do in that exact moment is to do some deep abdominal breathing. Imagine inhaling good energy and exhaling all the toxic energy. Breathing in this way will not only help reset your nervous system, but it will literally open up the lungs to enable the release of any repressed sadness. Get outside and inhale some fresh air. Sometimes, purging items from your living space can make the heaviness feel lighter. Even letting go of unhealthy relationships and people in our lives can help us feel a huge release. Unlike many of the other negative emotions, I believe grief doesn't actually ever completely disappear. It's more about making peace with it and allowing yourself to feel it and then letting it go. This doesn't mean letting go of the person You're no longer with the loved one who died or the pet that's no longer here. The memories will last forever, but it's important to realize you'll always experience moments of intense grief. It's important to feel these moments and make peace with the feelings and then let your breath, let it go. I am still overcome with moments of intense sadness where I miss my grandma. It breaks my heart that she's gone, even though it's been over 20 years since she died. In those moments, I allow myself to deeply feel the grief. I think of my grandma and sometimes have conversations with her. I imagine her looking down on me. I open my heart to her and I let the tears flow. After a while, the feelings pass, I take some deep breaths, and I release any residual heaviness in my lungs. One thing I tell my clients who struggle with recurring grief and sadness is to have a good cry. Put on some movies or watch some videos on YouTube that bring tears to your eyes. Before COVID, I would always watch sad movies while on an airplane returning from a trip. I would sit there bawling my eyes out, and in a way, it was probably a subconscious way for my body to release the sadness I was feeling from leaving the incredible places I traveled to. I ultimately think there's so much beauty in feeling sad and that tears are our body telling us that we need to release some suppressed grief. So next time you feel them start to build up in your throat, don't swallow, find a safe space and let it all out. Okay, so the fourth emotion is joy. And this may seem a bit out of place compared to the others we've gone through so far, but the version of joy I'm concerned with is overexcitement and the inability to allow yourself to experience joy. With overexcitement, your nervous system ramps up, causing you to feel nervous, jittery. You may feel heart palpitations, insomnia, chest pain, and get some nightmares. You may be thinking, but joy and excitement are so positive. And yes, they are but in excess, they have pathological effects on our heart. Leading up to a big trip, I would definitely experience overexcitement. I felt restless, I wouldn't be able to sleep. I could feel my heart beating as I lay in bed. My palms would get sweaty and my mind just couldn't stop buzzing. If this happens to you, the best way to help soothe this overexcitement is to center yourself around water. Sit beside a body of water, go swimming, stay hydrated, or put on some trickling water sounds before bed. If you're not close to a body of water and don't have access to it, simply take your shoes off and place your bare feet on the earth. Feel the grass, dirt, or sand beneath your toes. Massage your feet and ground yourself downwards to counteract that rising, out-of-control nature of excitement. On the other end of the spectrum, we may experience a lack of joy in our lives. We may actually be afraid to feel happy. Brené Brown always says that the most vulnerable emotion we can feel is joy because at any moment it could be taken away from us. So if this resonates with you and you feel hesitant to fully embrace joy in your life, take a moment right now and smile. Just the act of smiling sends positive chi into your heart to release any emotional blockages. It literally boosts your mood. Even forcing yourself to smile has stress-relieving benefits. Studies have shown that it instantly lowers your heart rate. Need more reason to smile? A 2010 study found that baseball players who smiled in their photos live until the age of 80, while those who didn't smile only live to 73. So if you catch yourself not allowing waves of joy to completely envelop you because you're afraid it won't last or that something bad will happen, take a moment to allow that bliss to sink in. Practice gratitude towards this immensely powerful emotion. Allow yourself to smile and maybe even laugh. Joy is what fuels our love for life, so let it in. The fifth and final emotion I'm gonna talk about is fear and shock. In Chinese medicine, prolonged episodes of fear or sudden fright and shock can deplete and damage our kidney system. Now, fear is necessary to warn us from dangers, so it definitely holds a purpose and a place in our lives. But if we exist in a constant state of fear, it will drain our adrenal glands and impair our kidney function. When I refer to sudden shock, I mean a car accident or traumatic event. These instances cause the circulation of our Chi and blood to diminish. Every cell in our body then receives diminished supply of nutrients and waste products accumulate because there's less blood circulation to carry them away. Some of the trauma or shock that we have experienced may not even be something we remember. Pregnancy and birth trauma is a good example of this. We have no memory of being in the womb or of our birth, but we are affected at a cellular level if there was any trauma that occurred. Another example would be an athlete experiencing a significant injury or accident and failing to accept and realize its physiological impact on not just the body, but our emotional center. In some instances, trauma is completely blocked out, such as rape or physical abuse. And this is simply a coping mechanism. When we experience traumatic events like this, without realizing it, we exist in a constant state of fear. I'm not an expert on dealing with the emotions of fear and trauma, but I can recommend a few things that can help release you from the paralyzing grip of fear. The first thing to do is to face the fear. Avoiding it will only make things worse. Spend some time writing down all the things you're afraid of. The more you do this, the less scary your list will feel. Every time you feel afraid, every time you recognize that fear is inside your body, embrace it. Imagine hugging it and smiling at it. Over time, your fear will lose some of its strength. I know it can feel overwhelming to face it and feel it, so be kind with yourself take breaks if you need to, or even seek a therapist for some extra support. Another important way to shatter our fear is to find meaning and purpose in life. When you experience trauma, you tend to question the meaning of your life and may even feel guilty or shameful that you could have done something to prevent the traumatic event from occurring. It is crucial to rediscover a sense of purpose after experiencing trauma. An 80-year-old study of factors contributing to longevity found that individuals who return to healthy behaviors after trauma are the ones who are not able only to find meaning in the traumatic experience, but are able to reestablish a sense of security about the world. If you find yourself overcome with fear, close your eyes, breathe deeply, and repeat the mantra, I am safe. I am okay. I am loved. I am kind and compassionate with myself through all the phases of my life. I am at peace. Even using a heating blanket on your lower back will help to soften the kidneys and ease away any fearful emotions stuck in the area. I can't emphasize it enough. Feeling our emotions deeply is not only normal, but healthy. It's when they become excessive or not properly expressed and released that the internal health of our organ systems is affected. So please don't try to numb yourself or push down your emotions. If we do not allow ourselves to feel the negative feelings, we also inhibit our ability to feel the positive ones too, like hope, awe, inspiration, gratitude, affection, happiness, and most importantly, love. Ultimately, our emotions serve as messengers to our brain alerting us that something needs our attention. So the next time you feel something, listen. And remember, feeling such a wide array of emotions is not only a blessing, but it's what makes us human. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this episode. I'm grateful for each and every one of you and hope that you were able to take something valuable away from my discussion on the five emotions. I'm Haley, and stay tuned for more thoughts on being human.